Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. This is your extra show, uh, which we like to bring you towards the tail end of the week. Hope everyone's keeping safe and well. My name is Cammy Bell. I'm your host as always. Uh, and I'm joined this week uh, by one of my favourite, favourite podders, and that is Mr James Tessie. Tess, how are you? How's things down south? Mate, I'm just champion. Excellent. I'm glad you said it because it turns out becoming champions has... Uh, removed all of my ability to podcast because this is about the fourth attempt I've been able to try and do an intro so far and normally Tess I'm not too bad I can kind of just get into it and kind of start going with it but winning that 55th title uh, you know I won't lie I did have a couple of uh, small drinks to to celebrate but I didn't think it would completely derail what I was going to do as a a, a semi-decent podcaster. Well, I've only just got back to normal, and by back to normal, I don't mean what I was like this time last week. I mean what I was like this time last year. <laughs> it seems that Rangers winning the league, mate. It's um, it, it's. I think there was an outpouring of emotion from everybody at the weekend, certainly from myself. And it just, I just seem to reach some sort of a, an emotional equilibrium once again. So yeah, I feel I feel much more complete and whole as a person again now. Yeah, it kind of went from laughing and tears to crying and tears then laughing and tears and then all the rest of it and stuff as well and uh, I've known my wife for the, the kind of business end of 10 years now we've been married for three and a bit and she's never seen anything like that from me um, and uh, like I say my hope is that she now realises exactly what it means to, to have to live with someone who by and large lives in these Rangers and kicks every ball with them but I won't lie, Tess, uh, there is a big path on my hall, uh, my living room floor when I was watching the, the, the Celtic game on Sunday, just getting close to it, getting close to it with a bit in the back of my mind knowing they'll score a last-minute winner here and just put it all back for a bit. And then when it eventually happened, it was just, it was the outpour. It was it was joy and uh, triumph and 
you know, you think about the guys who aren't here any longer and all of that kind of stuff. And and, and you know, I mean, it, it was emotional. It, it brought us it brought us all out. And I think uh, even with the kind of current restrictions, the pandemic and everything else as well, being able to celebrate something really, really positive, I think, landed really well with with almost all of us. Do you know what I mean? We were we were just so glad to get it done and dusted. I think it started on Saturday, well, for me, for everybody. I mean, I, I was at work on Saturday morning, um, and I think we, we, we discussed it in the, in the group chat. I mean, it obviously, is what happened at Ibrox started to happen. Photos are coming through, videos are coming through. And like I so said, I was at work, so I didn't really have time to sit down and look at it. When I got home and so I'd look at the videos, um, I, I became a, a bit overwhelmed because I thought, oh, my God, this is it. It's happening. Uh, so a trip to the off-licence was made for um, several cans of dragon soup, which I enjoyed whilst watching the match. And then the match was over and it felt like we'd done it. I mean, obviously how we felt on Sunday um, was that magnified by a million, but it felt like we'd done it. And then obviously the, the, the videos come of the players going to applaud the, the fans uh, through the gates and then all the shenanigans in the dressing room and then obviously all, all, all the partying outside Ibrox. And it, it felt real. But then uh, cut to Sunday, I was fine until about the 88th minute, and then it it really became real that these aren't scoring it. We're gonna we're gonna do this, and then I, I I was really calm throughout the match, really you know composing that. Um, and then obviously when the final whistle went, mate, I was I, I was in tears. I could I, I I could I knew that I'd get emotional. I knew, but I didn't realize how. Literally for five, maybe ten minutes. Not exaggerating here, mate. Five, ten minutes. I couldn't speak. I, I physically couldn't speak because I was every time I tried, I was blowing a bit more, and I was just completely overwhelmed. And it was just. I think we all knew it'd be a good feeling, but I'd underestimated how much of a good feeling it'd be. And like I said before, uh, the, the past year has been difficult and emotional for all of us in a lot of ways. Obviously, there's, there's been all the things that have gone on that have affected us all. There have been various issues in my personal life as well, which haven't been superb. But it seemed like all the emotion was coming out at, that, at one time. And that's why I say now I feel a lot more rounded again because it's come out now. And I felt a feeling that I'd not felt for a very long time. And I had to think about what it was. And that feeling was happiness. Absolute, pure, unbridled joy. And to have that feeling back in your life, I mean, it could be anything that brought it, but it was always going to be something as big as it is Rangers, something that is so close to my heart. And, you know, I think the fact that it's not just me who felt like this, it's hundreds of thousands of Rangers supporters across the world all sharing this moment in their own little way. It, it, mate, it was, it was, it was an absolutely beautiful moment. It was a beautiful time. Obviously, everybody got a steam in. <laughs> 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 the conversations in various group chats got more and more skewed and bizarre and emotional. But no, mate, it, it, it was absolutely fantastic. It was the only thing that would have made it better was obviously being in Glasgow or being at a match and it happening there. But no, mate, it, it was absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Well, I was, as I say, I was watching the game on the, on the Sunday. And my reaction on Saturday was like, I suppose it's a little bit robotic because... When I was watching everything happening and and and, and the, the aftermath of the St Mirren game, I was kind of thinking to myself, "That's it's great to see, and it's great to see that we've celebrated it, but nothing's won yet." And my immediate kind of focus is, it's as soon as you see it, and it's almost as if it's in Sky Sports News, you know, when the banner run, turns yellow, and then you're confirmed as champions, and then you get the the C next to your name when they put the table up and stuff as well. And I started thinking about that, and I was like, "Oh, it's, we're so close to it, but they'll." If, if anything, you would have thought, right, because I knew we were going to win the league. It was a foregone conclusion. It has been since in November. But when, you, when you're when you within 
you know, the, the, the mathematical possibility bracket is probably the best way I can put it. And I thought they'll get a result against Dundee United. I know Dundee United had their own thing to be able to try and go for in terms of the top six, so they had their own motivations for it as well. But Celtic have got rid of Lennon, and they've, they've been able to to almost get rid of that cloud that I dare say would have followed him. I don't mean because of the stench, I mean just the general bad feeling. Um, but you would have thought they would have been motivated to be able to try and do it. And then I don't know, Tess, if you were the same as me, but if, if you watched it, um, I think it was... 85 minutes, let's say, for example, was definitely the closing stages of the game. And the the, 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 the the team on Sky put up the as it stands, and it was the top half of the table, and it was us as confirmed as champions. The volley of expletives I put towards my TV at that point would honestly make sailors blush because I just felt that was cursing it for a, for a last-minute Celtic winner. Um, but listen, exactly the same as you. When it got confirmed, you dropped to my knees, burst out crying, Went outside, screamed, probably all of the, you know, it would it would have been held all across the kind of neighbourhood and stuff as well. But then the great moment, and this is what I absolutely loved, was I could hear other people doing it. I could hear fireworks starting to go off. I could hear, you know, the, the party bangers starting to go. People celebrating. I started to hear some music with it. Where I live has got um, a flute band uh, that, that, that is not too far away. I could start to hear some drums coming out in the kind of gardens and all of that kind of stuff as well. So... As soon as you hear it, and you have that, and it's that togetherness because we've 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 went through that journey together, and celebrating it together in terms of just hearing it and phoning your pals and texting everybody, all of the group messages, and just that out outpour, um, gutting that we all couldn't get together to be able to try and do it and watch it in the pub or whatever and be there at the kind of same time and stuff. But um, yeah, just absolutely tremendous, and uh, you know, it's it's one of the most important titles I think in our history. And, um, I think our love for Steven Gerrard, if it wasn't high enough, it just went, you know, even further into the stratosphere. Mate, is that them? Um, I won't call them billboards on 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 the side of them bus shelters. Those things that went up about he's he's a legend in Liverpool and a god in Glasgow. That that's exactly true, mate. He's done it. He's done it for me. It was never about stopping the ten. Never about that. That's just a Brucey bonus. You know what I mean? It was always about getting fifty-five. Um, and he's done it. He was brought here to do it, mate, and he's done it. Like I said, that, that we did it in the season that they were convinced they were going to win 10 in a row without really trying to win it, which is bizarre. But, you know, that that we've got our 55th title and stopped them getting 10. Like I said, that's just a bonus for me, but what a bonus because they, I think I mentioned last week, them as a club from top to bottom, they've just totally gone to pot. Um, it, it's a shame we couldn't have been this good and put on this much pressure to them a couple of years ago. But again, we... We it's taken us a while under Gerard to get here, but now we are where we are. I, I do not see us relinquishing our position as, as as the foremost club in Scotland. Well, we're always a foremost club in Scotland, but I do not see us relinquishing our position as the champions of Scotland for for some years to come. It's it's gonna t- it's gonna take the kind of thing that's happened this year's been reversed, whereby they get everything right and we get everything wrong, because at the moment I think that the, the, the platform that we've built for ourselves is very strong. Their 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 foundations are completely non-existent. Uh, I think we will a couple of the stars in the summer, but you know the, the way our recruitment's gone, it, it wouldn't surprise me if we go out, spend buttons, and get players of equal, if not better, quality. So I'm I'm very confident about the future. Obviously, we're all looking back at the past, and you know what? So I'll never say that the, the the nine to ten years was worth it to get to where we were. It certainly sort of felt like that way with the outpouring of of, of joy and emotion on Sunday. You know, and another thing about the friendships as well, I think um, diamonds are formed under pressure. 
Um, and I think a lot of friendships have been forged over this as well, because especially between also in, in, in the podcasting group. It might be different views up there, but I've only met a handful of you. Um, and my main interaction with people coming our WhatsApp group and, and this and that. But I feel like I've got made really close friends for life now because we all shared that experience together because the art point of emotions and grief at times, it was all all there together. I feel like we've been, you know, we, we, we've, we've wrought the road together and those, those friendships are for life now. And I think there's going to be a lot of people in similar situations. You know, it's, yeah, I, I said before that it was, it was a beautiful moment thing. Every, everything that surrounds it is beautiful. The, the joy that we all felt, the thing we experienced together, albeit remotely, like I say, the, the, the bonds that have been forged, it's just a really, you know, it, it was a really, really good, positive moment. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Well, Tess, um, moving on from the league is what we absolutely had to do as we uh, returned to Europa League action last night in the first of our um, uh, round of 32 uh, game against Slavia Praha uh, across in the Czech Republic. Uh, for a six o'clock kickoff last night, uh, Rangers lined up with Al McGregor on goal, uh, Nathan Patterson, Connor Goldson, uh, Phil Holander, and Bora Barisic as the back four. Uh, the the middle three of Glenn Kamara, Stephen Davis, Joe Aribo, and the front three of uh, Yanis Hadji, Alfredo Morelos, and Ryan Kent. Um, I think that that was probably the strongest lineup that we could have produced, um, and the the inclusion of Kent and Hadji. I think back to the Antwerp game. Um, across there and stuff didn't really pay off for the manager as well but this is uh, a different set of circumstances um, Slavia no mugs um, domestically they are looking in very very top form um, and again like I said they got some great results as we as we mentioned in the preview um, to, the, to, to the game uh, last night um, I think a, a very strong lineup test and I, I want to talk a little bit around the kind of opening probably the first 20 to 25 minutes of the game last night because Reading through the manager's post-match comments last night, Al McGregor spoke to Rangers TV last night, and um, I think it's fair to say the common consensus amongst all of us is, although it was a good, strong lineup, we did not start well. And it found a little bit of time for us to be able to try and get into our groove. Um, and I'm just hoping that we, 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 we learn from that and be able to try and take the confidence from it. Uh, because it was only uh, six or seven minutes on the clock by the time that Slavia found themselves ahead. I, th I think that's understandable in a lot of ways. One, because Saturday night and all day Sunday, they were absolutely steaming. Now, whilst I've had four days to recover from that, the these are these are finally two athletes. You know, if you, if you think of a performance car, for example, you know, if if, if, what, if one little component of that's wrong, the whole thing goes tits up. Um, I think that we did start the game a bit sloppily. And like I so say, I will put that maybe down to them not being as refreshed as it would have been had they've not been on the piss for two days, which I'm not going to go open for, believe me, I'm not. But let's be right, it was a factor. These are highly, highly tuned professional men. Uh, and if any part of the preparation is wrong, then you're going to see that. And I think we did. But at the same time, um, Slavia Prague would have wanted to get right up in our faces, knowing that there might be a bit of a... Um, I suppose you would call it a hangover, be a bit of a hangover from the weekend. And also knowing that they've got to come to Ibrox next week, which no, no one's won there this season in any competition. You know, our, our form there is formidable. They're not going to be looking forward to that. So I think if they would have thought, if they can really put us under pressure out from the start, get up in our faces, get an early goal, which they got, build on that, which they didn't, and then try and put the game out of sight before half-time, and, you know, we, we'd be a bit shell-shocked. Well, 
that was never going to happen for me because we, we, we've shown the character to come back. I mean, against Benfica, we conceded early and should have won that game, you know. Um, the Slavia Pars goal was superb. You know, you, you, you are, I'm a bit disappointed that you got given the space, but, you know, so you know, fault of McGregor's that it went in. You know, uh, so there, there were some shots that you just aren't going to save, and he wasn't, he wasn't getting anywhere near that. Um, to equalise not long afterwards, you know, it was a not, nice bit of play. Uh, I thought Hadji did really, really well to keep the ball in play. The, that ball back across goal was perfect. Although, what Helander was doing there, mate, I don't know. That's every player on the pitch. I wouldn't have had him being the one on the on the two-yard line to toe-poke it in, but I'm glad he did. And I think I, like all of us, were glad that we got in at half-time level, having got back into the game, not just in terms of being on, on a level footing with score-wise, but starting to play a bit more football because there's every chance that... You know, if our heads would have dropped, which they haven't done this season, but if they would have done, there's every chance we could have been going in like three, four goals down at half time because, you know, Slavia Prague started really, really well. Yeah, and, and listen, I think, you know, there was a bit of a kind of an outcry, I suppose, I heard on social media uh, when we conceded that goal of, you know, oh, well, this is it and because they've been on the piss and all the rest of it and stuff as well. And, and, I think that's a bit of an exaggeration. I think what you have to look at is is the goal itself. I think you're right. I think that um, it's a fantastic strike. I think he does get a little bit too much space, and I understand that. But he still, I, I think what you have to look at as well, Tess, is if you look at the goals that we've conceded in Europe, and I don't just mean this season. I mean just you know over the piece uh, over the last over the last few years. You're talking about some brilliant, brilliant goals in there. I mean some fantastic goals, and I think we can confidently say that you have to put a very, very good strike towards Alan McGregor for it to be able to beat him. And we'll obviously come back to, to what happens later on in the game in, in due course. But I feel at that point as well, I don't think he was going to save that. Do you know what I mean? If we hadn't done you know, the, the, the league win, the celebrations, all of that, it was still conceding that goal as far as I'm concerned. I think that what you saw from us is we've looked a little bit sluggish or a little bit rusty just at the opening periods of European games and what I would put that down to probably more than anything else and I'm keen to get your opinion on this is whether or not that's due to uh, us having to readjust a step up in quality because domestically we have nothing like that as a comparable it's about us being able to get into a space where we start these games really brightly which we have done by the way so it hasn't been in all European games but when you play against a team that's high intensity can play the ball can pass the ball well will press you, been able to try and do it and do a combination of all of those things right from the get-go, then I think it takes us just a little bit of time to be able to try and settle into it. Once we recover into that, we then start playing some decent football. Yes, I think that's a fair and balanced assessment, mate. I think one thing, um, I mean, I've, I've taken issue before with a thing about our players having a weak mentality. I mean, obviously, we've dispelled that myth now because we're champions, but one thing that we've seen as before was having a weak mentality. Well, this season in Europe, like you say, there've been there have been quite a few times where we've started stoply, poorly, considered early goals. Obviously, last night at Benfica, the ones that spring to mind. But the players have stuck to the task. They've not. They, they've got. They've got back into games very quickly after falling behind. Um, at no point have their heads dropped. At no point have they been overwhelmed. So I say, if you if you have a real real bad and mate, you can lose a match in five ten minutes. You can concede three goals before you've even blinked. But you know our our players have got it about them that you know they do get a setback. It's like right, no, we're on it. Come on, we've got to get back into this and get, get back into it. They do. Um, it's 
And why do we say that it's disappointing? Because, like you say, it it must take a little bit of adjusting going from playing jobbers in the in the, in the Scottish Premier League every week to playing a proper outfit like this. You know, it must. Yeah, I don't care who you are. You must have to do a little bit of, of, of adjustment, which is understandable. But again, the, the main thing for me is that even if we make these allowances for having to adjust the mental state, having to get into the tempo of the game. The main thing for me is when this does happen, we very quickly get back into it and we never let our heads drop and we never worry or know we've conceded what's going to happen now. We just stick to the tasks, stick to the tactics and get on with the job in hand. Yeah, and the mental resilience that you mentioned there as well, Tess, I think came about when you you, you saw the build-up to, to the Rangers equaliser. Now, I want to break this down a little bit in kind of segments because Rangers were awarded a free kick uh, thanks to, to a foul which was committed in Alfredo Morelos. Um, I, I, I'm almost for sake of repetition and I'm sorry for, for anyone who's heard me mentioning this in the last few uh, pods and we've been talking about this. Alfredo Morelos played brilliantly last night. He was absolutely formidable at being able to try and hold the ball up and he had a task which he stuck to in terms of just making sure that it would allow us the opportunity to get further up the pitch. He was able to get forward and he was able to kind of penetrate, but I think to some of the base work that he did last night was properly holding off um, the, the, um, the the Slavia players, uh, stopping them from being able to try and hit us back again and, and, and sending the ball straight back to us if we'd been able to, to, to clear it. Um, Again, it's one of these things, and I don't want to overlook it. It's why I'm making a purposeful point to mention it. That although he wasn't involved in the goal, and although I think that you know there wasn't uh, you know a stunning Rangers performance by any set of it, I think it was a very very good one. But Alfredo again involved uh, indirectly, uh, but still involved regardless. I thought he was absolutely excellent last night and been able to do the job that he was asked to do. Alfredo Morelos for me is showing his best form in a Rangers shirt at the moment. Um, He's not scoring as many goals as he has previously, although he's still chipping in with a fair few. But his all-round game is so good. You know, even without the ball, he's a threat because he takes defenders away. He knows he's going to be marked, so he knows where to take them to, to create space for our other forwards. His temperament, it's its like watching a different player. You know, um, you had the, obviously, we, we go back to the Liver game a couple of weeks ago. His reaction when the penalty wasn't awarded, he just got up, laughed and got on with it. Last night, there was a few times when they tried to strong, rough arm and, 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 and strong arm him. And that. I think that, that there's a great gift going around of one of their players trying to shoulder bars yeah. and just bouncing straight off him. So you know, he's, the, hit the, he's hit the wall. <laughs> and, yeah, literally, mate. Yeah, literally. That There were quite a few times when they tried to get in his face or noise him up. And, mate, he just rose up, rose up with it all. So the Alfredo Morelos we're seeing now is the best we've seen in his four years at Rangers. And he's looking every part that, what was it, £20 million that Rangers were holding out for, whatever it was. He's looking every part, that player, and more at the moment. And, you know, I hope we don't lose him in the summer. I fear that we might, because he's going to get us the best return. But I could say that the way he's playing at the moment, mate, is it seems like he's finally screwed the nut and he's learning. Not just in terms of if somebody tries to have a go, don't do anything, because then you'll end up the loser. You know, which is nasty anyway, but just just the way that his games progress, I could say he he now understands that he can create space despite turning on doing a little run. Not for him, but for other players. Whereas before, I think um, typically of a striker, I think he was very selfish. You'd only look at 
his actions, how it would affect him. Can I get a goal scoring opportunity here? If I go there, have I got a better chance of getting the ball? Whereas now I think it's like, if I go here, he's got a better chance of getting the ball. Do you know what I mean? And that, that evolution of him in, in terms of his temperament and his all-round game, mate, he's, he's an absolute joy to watch at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, listen, for sure, for sure. The um, the free kick was uh, swung in by Borna Barisic. It went over the head of the aforementioned Alfredo Morelos. Uh, it hit off, uh, I believe it was Conor Goldson's thigh, and then it kind of trickled out towards the left-hand post. I think it had had a bit of power taken out of it. But Yanis Hadji, quick as a shot, runs right across. Phil Hollander, who was actually the man furthest back, uh, from that Rangers lineup for the free kick doesn't stop, he isn't static like practically everybody else, Hadji finds him with a delicious cutback, Phil sticks it in from, from two yards out um, it is a tap in test but I feel that like that's a bit of a discredit to the fact that although he's been able to finish it from literally two yards out, it's not about the finish it's about the positional awareness to get into that space and not stop um, because you know Slavia could just turn around and, and, and then got it cleared without too much of an issue. Hollander's the only guy that, that continues to run and get into that space. And um, it looks almost like as if he could be chasing a dead end, but absolutely not. There to poke at home. Um, that, for me, probably slightly against the run of play at that point in the game. But it's the mental resilience we mentioned beforehand. Don't let it go down. I think if we get into 2-0 down, we've got some some big problems about being able to try and navigate through the the. the uh, into the, the last 16 uh, but this is what's important you have to be able to bounce back, you have to have that resilience um, and again like you say with um, uh, virtually no time really played we were only kind of into that spot as well we um, we managed to get that um, that that, that equaliser brilliant play I think uh, all round by uh, the, the ball in from Barisic and the cutback by Hadji and, and Alhander uh, having the, the, the awareness to get into it if it wasn't for the deflection from Goldson, I'd say that was worked because um, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the the lofted ball in from Barisic, it's like Hadji knew where it was going. I mean, you you, you look, you, you watch replays of that um, back again and you look how tight it is between the ball going out and Hadji getting it, you know, another couple of inches, mate, and that's out. So he timed that absolutely perfectly. And, and Helland, you know, we said before that, you know, we can't believe it was him, it was there, but that's the whole point. He's on the edge of the area. He's, he's the furthest back of our players. No one's picking up and marking him. It's almost like he knew what, when Barisic hit the ball, he knew where to be to get in for that rebound. And he's just ghosted in. And he's, he's like I say, if it wasn't for the if it wasn't for the touch from Goldson, I'd have said that I'd been practiced and worked on, mate. Because every you know had you to time it perfectly. Helander just running in from nowhere. Why was nobody else doing it? Because they were all marked. It's like they, 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 they were all getting marked, took, created the space for Helander to get in and tap it. Mate, it, it was a really good goal. And, you know, I, I keep banging on about it. I can't see how that wasn't worked because the the margins for that going wrong were so fine, yet it was executed perfectly. And you know, like I say, you, you wouldn't have expected a bit to Helander to score, but I, I, I believe that was probably more by design than it was by accident. Well... Let's claim it anyway and just say that it was. Why not? Do you mean, we'll, we'll take them any way we can get them, Tess, in terms of obviously what's happened. We got into the break, and I think at that point, we uh, we had been looking pretty bright, uh, as I say, from probably the, the 20 to 25 minutes mark. The goal came just uh, 10 minutes before half time. We got in, um, came back out, and there was a couple of really strong chances. I felt there was a scuff that almost kind of went in from, from Ryan Kent, where the keeper had to, to think very smartly about being able to deal with it. But the guilt-edged opportunity for me, Tess, was a cross that was put into Connor Goldson. 
Um, and I don't know if he makes the the schoolboy error of closing his eyes or, or you know, what he did at that point as well, or if he's just slightly missed the flight of the ball or whatever's happened, but literally inches, uh, and it would have been two one ahead. And um it's just one of those one of those things, one of those opportunities. But I think it showed that probably for the the the, the, the last hour of the game, um, we were looking a lot stronger and those chances in the second half for me showed that you know Slava would have to play very well against this to make sure that they uh, they know that they're, they're very much in a game The first thing that came to mind with that Goldson chance was Gaza uh, against Germany uh, Euro 96 semi-final and I remember a lot of commentators at the time saying a striker would have scored that and I think that's the same of Goldson last night because a striker instinctively goes for every ball whereas somebody who isn't a striker I won't say they've got that doubt in their mind, but they've not got that striker's instinct. Um, it's unfortunate, but it didn't detract from Goldson's overall performance. I'll say any if, if that's one of our forward players, that's going in because they know to put themselves forward for that ball. Gold, Goldson didn't. He hesitated. I mean, he scored eight goals so far this season. So, you know, his, his goal scoring return for us has been outstanding for a centre-back. We can only hope it doesn't come back to haunt us. I personally don't think it will. Uh, it, it didn't last night. Uh, I don't think it will do on Thursday. I think we've still got enough to get through the tie. Um, but yeah, like I say, if that's a striker, mate, that, that, that's winning all day long, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, you know, as you say, Goldson's got, I mean, he's got critical goals for this. You know, the, the, the immediate thought is to go back to the uh, the game at, at uh, Parkhead in the, the first old firm game of the season. Um, and again, a very, very well-taken header from... Um, from a free kick that he saw glanced and put it past uh, Barkas. But yeah, um, just you look back at it and you think, you know, it's, it's slightly disappointing, but I've got to give immense credit to to the players in terms of um, uh, coming back after such a such an early goal and, and, and such an early setback and, and probably recalibrating, getting back into the game, being able to get there and having that belief in ourselves. We get to the point as well, Tess, which I think is... is I mean, it's it's a global moment now in terms of how far it's kind of went out in, um, around the world, which is um, the, the the save from Alan McGregor from uh, Lucas Massapus, which was almost right at the the, the kind of the final whistle. Um, a, a ball comes in. Um, <laughs> there's a brilliant uh, explanation of this by by Griggsy on on RTV last night, where the cross comes in, the boy gets a header to it, I dive and I save it. <laughs> that's the most basic description of probably one of the most world-class saves that I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, but it is, and he's 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 not. He doesn't get a hand on it. He gets a pinky on it. Um, but listen, all joking aside, uh, a huge, huge save for us. It must have absolutely burst their bubble to see uh, a thirty-nine-year-old with that level of agility get down to 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 not only save it but smother it. Um, and then um, when you hear just the uh, the, the reaction to it as it's been going out, as I say, across all the, the social media platforms and stuff as well. I don't know. There's a heavy conversation which is going on to say as to whether or not it's as good as the Werder Bremen save. McGregor was asked about that and he said it's different types of saves. It's not really the same thing. He hopes that it's the same kind of outcome in terms of you know progression into the next stage. I think it's one of the best Rangers goalkeeper saves of all time. And I think it's also one of the best saves I've ever seen live. It's not the first time he's done it this season either, mate. You remember that the the, uh, the old firm game at Ibrox? There was the the close range run from Edward. Okay, he was offside, but the the save he made from Griffiths, which I think was the last meaningful shot they had on target, was 
absolutely out of this world. And you're thinking, no, you ain't going to do that again. And then what happened? I mean, yeah, it's a different save last night, but mate, you, you just run out of superlatives for him, don't you? He's, he's, he's 39 years old. Um, obviously, the way that he looks after himself, he's a consummate pro. I mean, apart from when he was getting driven away from the training centre on Sunday, but we we can forgive him for that. He's, he really takes good care of himself. He's a consummate pro. Um, just the way that he reacted to it as well. Um, it's not no one really, but when he makes a save like that, um, you, you see in other games, the goal he makes a save and all his defenders are patting him on the back and this and that. No one goes near McGregor because you know that he would just shout at them. <laughs> you know, yeah. He, he, yeah. he, he will be of the opinion that I shouldn't have to make that save. You should have cleared the ball from danger before me. You know, um, mate, he's, he's been magnificent. And I think um, we spoke last week about um, off, offering some of the, the players, some of the older players, uh, giving them extensions of their deal. And all the while that McGregor's praying out that, mate, and making those kind of saves, which you wouldn't bet against him doing again before the season's out if anybody gets close enough to our goal to to threaten it. Because it it, it just, you know, every, every, every time he's called upon, he never lets us down. He, he rolls back the years of missing performance. It's oh, so you you will not have good things to say about the bloke because he's 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 so reliable, he's outstanding, and as a Rangers goalkeeper, it's not like being a goalkeeper at any other club. Well, apart from um, the other half of the old firm, you might only have one, maybe two shots to save in a match, but you've got to be switched on and alert enough to do it. That was in the 18th minute, and he's pulling that out of his locker, mate. It, it was. All, all the credit and all the praise that McGregor's getting at the moment, he deserves that and more because, as as you say, it, it was an it was an it was a world class save of the absolute highest quality. Yeah, and and one other person I want to be able to talk about Tess as well because again, you know, we can focus on the game, we can focus on 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 what the result means and what the opportunities are, being able to try and go forward. I, I don't think that there's any way that we'll take our eye off the ball in terms of being able to continue to to compete on a number of fronts, Europe, the Scottish Cup, etc. just because the league happens to be won. But one thing I do really want to just swing back to, if I may, is Nathan Patterson. Um, I want to be completely balanced in terms of where we are because I was incredibly, incredibly vocally disappointed about what happened with Nathan Patterson regarding the COVID restriction breaches. And do you know what the reason being is because I think he's got a world-class level of talent and I'm pissed off and I was pissed off at the time because I don't want to see him waste his opportunities and I want to see him go on to have incredible success in a Rangers shirt. Last night, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. He's a different player to James Tavenier. Um, He's not going to give us that kind of same... um, uh, productive output going forward, but that's fine because no one else really does what James Tavernier does uh, in terms of of giving that forward play to us as well. But last night, uh, he had a very, very tough gig in his hands against a multi-million pound player in the form of Seema, but I thought he handled himself tremendously. Some brilliant blocks from him, proper old, old school you know, old-fashioned type defending test, which he had to be able to, to produce. Um, you can't for you, you can't overlook the, the 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 level the boy is playing at, and yet he's holding his own as far as I'm concerned in terms of what he can be able to try and do going forward. Um, I thought he was immense last night, and I'm so so proud to see him. Um, he, he had the goal against Antwerp. He, he he had his opportunities. The manager has stood by him. He's given him those opportunities. We know that he'll likely get a ban now because of the SFA and whatever else is going to happen, but. Um, I thought he was superb last night. I cannot speak highly enough for the boy, and I'm so pleased for the lessons that he will have learned last night. I think it was telling 
that um, I think Slavia had picked him out as a weak link in our team, which, for all intents and purposes, he is. He's only 19 years old and he's played, what, 10 games, if that. So, for all intents and purposes, he is. And I think they tried to overload us on that side a bit. And at one point, it looked like he was going to get overwhelmed. But then I think the men- that mentality thing kicked in again. He's just like, no, you, you won't get the better of me today. And he really grew into the game. And I won't say he was running the show by the end of things, but he was certainly looking a lot more comfortable, controlled and composed. Um, when, um, obviously, the, the, when the COVID thing happened a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, I'm not going to be revisionist about it. At that point in time, if he would not have played for Rangers Football Club again, I wouldn't have been bothered because I was of the under the opinion that him and the others had jeopardised everything that we've worked. To. Same when it was Edmonton and Jones, mate. I thought they jeopardised everything we've worked so hard to build. It was selfish. It was reckless and stupid. And people like that don't deserve to be at Rangers now. Obviously, he's you know he's got a second chance, and mate. You, since he's since he's come back into the team, you cannot fault him at all. You know the the way he's played, the the maturity that he showed off the field as well. You cannot fault the guy at all. And I think the only way he's not going to be Scotland's first choice right back at the I minute. Mean, you know, I don't like international football. I certainly don't like the Scotland national team. Um, <laughs> but I would love to see him lining up for Scotland as the first choice right back. Because they're in, like I said last to you last week, mate. He walked every other team in the SPL. He walks into their starting eleven as a right back, and that includes over half of the old firm. Every single teammate is that good already. And I think the only thing that is going to stop that from happening is if the SFA put pressure on Clark not to pick him because of the impending COVID ban. I mean, it might be the COVID ban is is all t- all all games in Scotland, be it league, cup, and internationals as well, which would be a real shame for the lad. But mate. I he, he certainly deserves to be an international player at the moment, and this is after only a handful of matches. You know, he, a couple of years time, mate, he's going to be an absolute superstar. I mean, we made, I mean, we sold Hutton for nine million pound. Um, I think even adjusting for inflation, we're going to get a hell of a lot more than that when Patson goes, mate, because he's only a young kid. Um, obviously, he's had his off-the-field troubles, which, which we've just discussed, but he's, he's just come back stronger and better. And it's really promising for the academy players to be able to see a guy like him who's been given his chance and has taken it. Because one, they know that their chance will come if they're good enough. And two, they can say, well, he, he's, he's, he's our peer. This time last year, he was playing with us and now look at him. So it, it, it's good for his own development, and I think it's also good for the other young players. So it's it, it, he's turned a very negative, potentially negative story into one of the positives of the season. Yeah, he has. He absolutely has. And I think, um, you know, you, you had a good point there. I'd, I'd hope that there's not any politicking from the SFA or Steve Clark in terms of being able to try and pick him. I, I don't know his honest answer, but I think that we've got a player who can go into the national team. And I'm not a big fan right now in terms of the national team. I'm certainly not a big fan of the SFA, but... Uh, you know, I, I hope more, more than large that we'll see what happens. All I care about right now is how the boy does for Rangers. And I think that watching his performance last night, incredible. I think he's going to get some great lessons playing in this kind of stage. I applaud the manager for standing by him. You know, we, we, we could have went uh, with, a, with a worse alternate option, in my opinion, of having to shoehorn a player into there. Uh, but he's, he's chosen to stand by him, which, again, like you say, I think speaks credit of the, of the manager as well. Um, just as you mentioned in there as well, Tess, because we did kind of touch on that as well. One thing which we, we cannot let go this week, and I'm not going to fill the, the, the show full of 
politics and stuff as well. For anyone who listens to this within Scotland, you'll also know that there's been a lot of uh, political involvement following um, the, the title celebrations and, and what you saw outside the stadium and in George Square um, last Sunday. And um, I think, uh, you know, as I say, there's been some political fallout, some people using an opportunity to be able to try and, and hit Rangers over the head when maybe, let's just say, certain other clubs who had COVID restriction uh, rules broken didn't uh, get chastised in quite the same uh, public light. Uh, it's probably the best way I can put that democratically. Let's, let's just let's just say I'm, I'm trying to be quite professional with that. Um, but I cannot let it go, Tess, in terms of, in response to a letter um, to the First Minister from Douglas Park, Celtic released a tweet. Now, if you haven't seen this, folks, you're probably not going to believe this uh, at, at first reading, but it is true. It's 100% genuine. Please believe me. The, um, the First Minister had responded uh, by saying, you know, the old firm, whether or not it's Rangers or other half of the old firm, have to follow the restrictions, et cetera, et cetera. They have to be able to try and make sure that they, they lead by example. Um, all of that kind of message. And Celtic put out a tweet, Tess, <clears throat> that said, Celtic Football Club statement, we're not half of anything with a rolling eyes emoji, not our problem, and in the hashtag, one club since 1888. Now, Tess, when I first saw that, I, I think I got it screenshotted and sent to me in a WhatsApp group. I'm fairly sure that's what it's... And I thought, it's it's fake. It's it's a parody. Someone's done the Photoshop business, and yeah, it looks because it's got the, 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 the verified tick and all the rest of it. I couldn't believe the fact that it's real. I cannot believe that that's what they are. Maybe two steps away from using the term Savco. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it's unbelievably unprofessional. We live rent free in their heads. Um, and the 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 coup de gras, I think that you could you could call this as well, was when someone very very brilliantly put up from the intellectual property uh, register um, that Celtic uh, a week last Tuesday, I believe, if my dates are correct. Uh, re-registered uh, the, the, their intent of ownership of the phrase old firm uh, and the trademarks involved therein. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it. and I, I, didn't, I didn't want to focus on them. This is a Rangers podcast. But when I saw that, I thought, brilliant, we have, we have broken you. They did that to appeal to the, the base level of their support. And this is one of the problems that the other half of the old firm have got in that... It's complete. They've bought. They've bought into it hook, line, and sinker. Rather than keep on at them to get the chief executive in quicker, so they can have a more stability. Rather than changing the football structure because it's not fit for purpose anymore. Rather than getting rid of players who clearly don't want to be there, or even wow, bringing in a manager. Fancy that. You know, all all they will see now is their official club Twitter, and nothing else matters. The fact that the I, I, I was like you, matey. I couldn't believe when I saw it, and I thought it was a hoax. But then I looked on the Celtic Twitter, which I don't go on very often at all. But but I saw that not only was it real, but it had been pinned. You know, they they, they are using that as a smokescreen to cover from all the other fortresses that's going with them at the moment because they're an absolute shambles. And mate, I say let it continue because what whilst are busy putting out really edgy tweets that appeal to idiots and losers. You know we're gonna we're gonna keep putting off into the distance, and they won't be able to catch us. You know, 
Um, re- regarding the, the political aspect, I mean, I, I'm a Rangers fan, I'm a unionist, and I'm an Englishman in that order. So my opinion of the ruling party in Scotland, I didn't think it could get any lower. But after the antics of this week, mate, no, it's... You know, I've, I've thought for a long time that politics is dead because it's, you know, it's not about judging things on merit and credibility anymore. It's all about, well, these people speak for me, therefore they can do no wrong. And I just think it's a very poor statement. It doesn't matter what party that is, by the way, even the one I vote for, you know, um, I, th- I think that's wrong. You, sh- you should question things. But, you know, once again, they're just appealing to the base of their support at our expense. People are falling for it. Nothing's going to change. So... You know, I'm, I'm glad that Rangers got their response in. I thought it was very well considered and, you know, that the facts completely blew them out of the water. But nobody cares about facts anymore, do they? So you just got to say, you know what, that's just, that's the world that we're living in at the moment. Just deal with it. We're still champions. You know what I mean? That's all that matters, really. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree. And as I say, um, maybe the more cynical side of me, James, thinks about the fact that there's maybe season ticket renewal letters coming out soon. Who knows? But listen, maybe I could be totally barking up the wrong tree. But as you say, well, Celtic are continuing to focus on that. Hell, mend them if they can't even be bothered to get in a director of football, a manager, etc. We'll continue going about our business and um, and being very, very successful in, in doing so. Now, um, Tess, uh, Rangers earlier on today uh, have finally now released a response uh, to the SFA report regarding sexual abuse in Scottish football, you and I uh, had covered actually in previous uh, up, uh, uh, previous extra shows that uh, Rangers were taking far too long to be able to try and come out to, to get a response. And I'm pleased to say the club have now finally done it. Um, better late than never, I think is probably the phrase I would I would use within this. I'll read this out for anyone who's not had the opportunity to, to see this so far, because as I say, it only came out uh, earlier on today. The statement reads, We are in receipt of the report published by the SFA following the review of sexual abuse in Scottish football and have taken some time to consider its lengthy findings and recommendations. We are firmly committed to ensuring openness and transparency in relation to this issue and agree on the uninterrupted ethical obligations of the clubs over time, irrespective of changes. We express our sincere sympathy to all individuals who have suffered abuse within the Scottish game and commend the bravery of all survivors who have come forward. With regards to those specific instances referred to, as the report states, these concerned one former employee. We note that the report accepts that when the former senior managers were provided with a direct allegation that this was taken seriously and dealt with promptly, the report commends the action taken and acknowledges Rangers having previously said publicly the matter was reported to police at the time. Today, Rangers is at the forefront of child safety and well-being in football. We believe it is a moral obligation to ensure that Scottish football is beyond reproach and all safeguarding measures are strictly adhered to. We agree that it's time for all of Scottish football to learn uh, learn from and take responsibility for mistakes made in the past. We fully acknowledge the impact of these events and the enduring effect on individual lives. We apologise to anyone personally affected by abuse within Scottish football. Um, so Tess, I, I think a very, very good statement. I think a good response. I think, as I say, although I can criticise the fact that it's taken a little bit too long, um, it has now come out and I think it covers what it needed to cover. Um, there is uh, an acceptance and an ownership within there as well in terms of our accountability for it. Um, there is much, much larger issues at this in terms of what's happened because it's not a tit for tat it's certainly not point scoring I don't want to anyone to think for a single minute that that's what I'm referring to uh, but there are obviously other ongoing cases which are going against a much larger uh, set of circumstances that took place for over the course of the business end of 50 years um, 
but I'm glad that Rangers have come out with this. I'm glad that we've now addressed it. I'm glad that we've acknowledged it. And if anything can be brought out the back of this test, my hope is that it gives any other victims um, the opportunity, the safety um, to come forward and to be able to talk about it. And uh, I really genuinely hope that if anyone out there uh, can speak up about it and needs help to be able to try and deal with it, uh, that, again, like you say, Scottish football steps in to be able to, to provide whatever support it can. That I thought the statement in itself was very well-worded, you know, very, very compassionate, um, very open. I thought it was a good statement, although I don't understand why it's taken them that long to release it. But it, it's out there now. It does what it needs to do. It was good. And hopefully the healing can begin. What On a wider issue, what, what I'd like to see, and this isn't just Rainers, this is everything, I'd like to see a full criminal investigation into into the events of the past 50 years or, or even back to the 60s at some clubs. Anybody found to have acted um, in breach of the law, I want them to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law, obviously those who are still living. Um, full compensation packages agreed for the victims and their families and also support for the victims and their families because you can give someone half a million quid but it ain't going to make their nightmares go away. So I think what I like I like the tone of Rangers' statement, even if it is a little late. But I think there's still a lot more that Scottish football can be doing. You know, um, the the main thing is the, the two main things for me are obviously prosecutions would be nice, but the two main things are one supporting the victims both financially and emotionally, and two making sure that this can never ever happen again because the scale of it is an absolute disgrace and it's it's absolutely heartbreaking to know that these things have been going on. And let's be right, continue to go on in in, in, in um in certain circles. You know, paedophilia ain't just gonna go away overnight. So like you say, if if this gives people the courage to come forward and report things that are happening, be it historically or at the moment, then very good. But like I said, I, I like the statement but I still think there's a lot more that can be done. Yeah, and, and, and that's something which I think absolutely has to be at the forefront whenever we we look at that in terms of, you know, child safety and, and, and well-being, etc., that we, we learn the lessons, if nothing else, in terms of where those failures have been and, and make sure, as you say, that, that everything is absolutely as watertight as it possibly can be with regards to uh, regulations and, again, putting them at the absolute forefront of making sure that um, they are they are protected beyond absolutely everything as well. So, yeah, totally agree, totally agree. And well done to Rangers for, for coming out to, to be able to try and produce that as well. It had to be addressed and the club have now done that. Um, Tess, I want to circle back because, unfortunately, uh, we have no game this weekend, whereas normally you and I would talk about our upcoming opponents uh, because uh, the next game is obviously the return leg against Slavia, uh, Slavia Prague. Interested to get your kind of take on, you mentioned earlier on, the, the, the return leg at Ibrox and, and, and Fortress Ibrox uh, in terms of unbeaten so far this season. Um, we are playing against a very good opponent. They've already, appro- they've already proven that. Um, what's your confidence levels for us being able to try and progress through the tie? Um, and, and how do you think it will go next week at, at Ibrox? I'm very confident, mate. I think I mentioned it was ridiculed last night. I says... This mob won't all that, and once we get a ride, we'll be all right. And what else? That was perhaps a bit disparaging to them because they're a decent team. I've, I've not seen anything that gives me the fear. I think we'll win next Thursday. I think it'll be 1 0 or 2 1. There's not going to be a lot of goals in it. It's not going to be a basketball game like the two legs against Antwerp were. They don't score that many, but they don't concede that many either. So 1 0 Rangers, maybe 2 1, but I'm, I'm, I'm very confident that we can, that we can progress, mate. If, if, if the second leg was at their gaff and we're going there with a draw, 
I might be a little bit unsure, but the fact that it's at Fortress Ibrox, you know, I, I, I can see us doing it, mate. Sneaking it through one or two one. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll share your confidence. I think that we, we can progress. I don't think it'll be easy. I don't think that we're saying that it'll be easy either. But I think that what we need to be able to focus on is our strengths and what we can bring to the party. We are league champions for the earliest div- uh, title ever handed out since I think it was 1902 for a reason. Uh, and that's because uh, we have been relentless and we need to continue on with that, uh, moving into hopefully the last 16. So we'll keep the the the, the Fingers crossed as well. Tess, thank you so much for that. Um, I, I think, like you say, it's a bit of a gap across this weekend as well, but I would use it as an opportunity, um, if you haven't, folks, within the last 15 or 20 minutes, uh, just to text people and tell them that Rangers are, are, are Scottish champions. Mate, I can't fault that at all. I, I know, I, I like to remind myself every day. And we'll be doing so for the next 15 months or so that we, we're champions. Well, until, until we win it again next year, mine. But yeah, uh, thank, thank you very much for having me. Uh, we are the champions and long may it continue. Yeah, absolutely. And and as always, Tess, you're a, a brilliant guest. It's always a pleasure to be able to try and have you on on Extra. If you enjoy listening uh, to chumps like myself and absolute champs like Tess, see what I did there, Tess? Not bad there. Very nice, mate. Very nicely done. Thank you. I'm getting back into the game. I think you can say that. Why not jump over to our uh, Patreon site at patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where you'll be able to get all of your Rangers news across every single day with nearly about four or five shows a day. I think we turn out. It's absolutely phenomenal. And a community of about five and a half thousand bears across the world um, as we come together to, to celebrate our championship win. And obviously with the next steps that are coming up as well. Um, our thanks to our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Myers. Uh, have a great weekend folks enjoy yourself when you're getting forward to looking to the rangers being able to get back into action next thursday um i'll be back with you next friday as well and david will be back with you on the flagship on monday coming as well tess have a brilliant weekend my friend um we are the champions we are the champions indeed my friend thanks folks enjoy it and uh, we will speak to you again next week bye-bye Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.